You are listening to MCC Votes and Seats, the podcast series of the Center for Political Science of Matthias Corvinus Collegium. We provide election insights with experts and politicians. Our guest today is a political scientist, Dr. Ladislav Chabada, Associate Professor and Vice Director for Research, Quality and Development at the Metropolitan University of Prague. In the forthcoming interview, we will present and analyze the outcome of the recent election to the Czech House of Representatives. On the 8th and 9th of October, a three-party coalition of conservative parties, called the Spolu, or Together in English, received nearly 28% of the votes. The ruling ANO, the party of Prime Minister Babiš, collected just over 27%. The Liberal Coalition of the Pirates and Mayors attracted 15.6%. While Okamura's freedom and direct democracy obtained 9.6% of the votes. What were the main campaign issues? How did they influence the popularity of the competing parties and alliances in your opinion? As regards the main issues, there were some internal issues and of course also some issues that are related with the European or internal politics. As regards the internal development, for eight years we have had in the government the political movement ANO 2011 or YES 2011, the alliance of unsatisfied citizens created by Andrei Babiš, one of the Czech billionaires, with strong anti-corruption rhetoric aimed on the so-called traditional political parties, offering so-called new politics, new political style, especially for the political parties being in the opposition. The elections were especially about the future of Andrei Babiš in Czech politics or uh, removing him from decision-making process in Czech Republic. As regards the policy issues, of course, there was a debate about COVID pandemic, but not as strong as may be expected, especially in the last four or five months. The COVID issue didn't belong to the uh, top priorities here in the political discourse. The second issue, artificially securitized by some of the Czech political parties, is the migration issue. I have to stress that migration is developed as a typical politics of fear not only in Czech Republic since 2015. And I have to stress that especially the incumbent government party, ANO 2011, stressed it, it, this issue being challenged by right-wing party, freedom and direct democracy by Tomio Okamura. So there was a competition for, I would say, radical voter. And this issue became very important. It was shown also in the last few days before elections when Mr. Babish invited the Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban. Last but not least, very important issue was the money or the finances, especially in the last two years, the Czech government led by Andrei Babiš offered the politics of really giant budget debts. And this is also something that has to be stressed. So, so very negative trajectory regarding the fiscal policies, regarding the currency policies that strongly influence the development of Czech economics. At the moment, we have the inflation rate about 5%. So also the economics at the end. So the tip, very typical left-right cleavage or socioeconomic cleavage became very important. Talking about external issues, I would like to stress especially the discussion about the European integration process, European prospects, about the East-West cleavage in European Union, about the so-called old and new Europe, about the protection of so-called European values. The mixture of these three or four important issues presents the main scheme for the political discussion. 
What is very typical for the ANO 2011 is this pendling ideology, pendling programmatics, and also pendling electorate. The movement was established with the rhetorics and also with the political agenda that would be labeled usually as right-wing, low taxes, individual responsibility, etc., etc. But the shift, up, especially after 2017, towards the left-oriented policies was visible. And this is also something that has to be reflected regarding the development of electorate. So I would say that... The the main group of voters is recruited now from the elder generations, pensioners. Andrei Babish lost the elections generally uh, not having the coalition partners within the uh, Chamber of Representatives. Thank you. Since the failure of the CUT coalition in 2002, the increased threshold had not favoured the formation of electoral alliances. What drove the main opposition parties into larger electoral coalitions this time? There are two main reasons. One is mathematical, the second is psychological. Talking about the mathematics, especially regarding the Together or Spolu coalition, we could observe one minor party top 09 tolerance responsibility prosperity 09 party that already in 2017 showed uh, the weakness it overcome the electoral threshold for less than one percent but it was also the case of these five parties that challenged mr babish and this is the movement independent candidates and and mayors Stan, the mathematics brought these political parties into the electoral alliance. It is not a real coalition, it is electoral alliance. And brought them also to search uh, the programmatics that might be shared. Not everything might be shared by these two or three parties within the alliances, but they found some political fundament for the cooperation. The second issue is the psychological issue. I would compare it with the situation in Slovakia in 1997-1998. Babish was really understood as a danger for democracy. The duopoly of uh, President Zeman and Prime Minister Babish was understood as something that is really endangering the basics of Czech democracy. And to win against such danger needs uh, unification. And also uh, this unification has to be used as a declaration towards the society. We are unified because the danger is really strong and we have to cooperate. So I would say this psychological moment was maybe even stronger than the mathematical one. The Spolu coalition, uh, Electoral Alliance, uh, has won the highest share of votes. How would you characterize this formation and its leader, the most likely future Prime Minister, Petr Fiala, a political scientist by education? It's very difficult to evaluate my colleague. Petr Fiala is a well-known Czech political scientist. By the way, I met him repeatedly. He was chairing the commission for my habilitation. So I would say that I know him well as a person. I will talk about positive sides of his politics. By some Czech media, he, he is portrayed as, as a weak person, as a person that doesn't dispose with, with specific political charisma. This is maybe correct. I don't know. For me, the positive sides are especially the conciliation quality. So he is able to find the consensus. He's able to talk with the people. By the way, his campaign was very contact one. So he was for many, many years traveling through the Czech Republic, through Bohemia and Moravia, meeting with the people, talking with them, including the people that do not like the politics of his political party. And this is something that I feel is very important for the political leader, to have this direct discussion. He is experienced. He was a not only political scientist, and he is able to analyze the political actors. He is able to analyze the political situation perfectly. But he was, a, and is also a manager. He led one of the leading universities in Czech Republic, the Masary University in Brno as a rector for two terms. By the way, he was also the member of the government in the early 2010s as a minister of education. I would say that especially for the expected coalition of five political parties, 
his ability to find consensus, to talk with the people, to stay calm in the political discussion is something that will bring positive effect. As regards the three political parties that created this co- together uh, Spolu coalition, of course, there are important differences among them regarding such issues like, for example, the same-sex marriage or uh, other issues related with so-called traditional family framework. They are members of different European Parliament factions. The Civic Democratic Party led by Peter Fiala is cooperating with Law and Justice Party at the European level, while the others are members of the European People's Party. The top 09 party uh, ceased from the Christian Democratic Party. So they are also, I would say, traditional harassment between these parties. Nevertheless, what is common is, I would say, liberal conservative position. I'm talking about small state, social market economy. That is something that it was almost forbidden word in Czech politics, the social market economy, especially during the Václav Klaus uh, leadership in 1990s. Now, I would say that uh, especially this coalition offers something that seems to me similar as the union parties in, in Germany. There is this civic approach, there is this, this Christian approach, but also the liberal approach, and they are combined in different individual political parties, but until now they are able to find some consensus on important issues and really created platform that might be used as one pillar of Czech politics, the liberal conservative pillar. What we can see at European level, in the light of the German elections, for example, that parties moving more towards the center, a bit towards the left from the right of center, tend to lose their electorate, tend to open ground for more radical views on the right. Is that a real danger to this coalition of Spolu? I could imagine that during the next years, there might happen a lot of ideological programmatic clashes among these parties, especially regarding the biggest one, the Civic Democratic Party, we could observe a strong intra-party faction that is really reserved regarding the strengthening of European intergovernmentalism or even federalism. On the other side, this is also the role of Peter Fiala. By the way, he wrote an excellent book about European Union. Secondly, I could definitely imagine uh, big disputes regarding money. Because, of course, it is an excellent idea to have small state for the right-wing party. It is an excellent idea not to make the taxes higher. On the other side, we face a very problematic budget uh, situation in Czech Republic. The budget debt that uh, is really uh, giant in the last two years. And I could definitely imagine that, that to fight against uh, inflation, to fight against such budget debt brings also important debate about tax changes, which was for many, many years one of the flagship themes of a civic democratic party, especially. Of course, this might happen. To the right from this coalition, we have this Tomio Okamura's party, uh, Freedom and Direct Democracy. And of of course, uh, it shouldn't be forgotten that at least some issues that might be maybe labeled as national conservative or even national populist issues are shared by Tomio Okamura and at least part of uh, some of the Spolu coalition parties. I could imagine also that especially Civic Democratic Party, but uh, partly also the Christian Democratic Union, must be aware that they compete for these voters with Tomio Okamura and they must to develop, I would say, also uh, the intra-party factions that offer at least publicly some, some debate about the themes that are familiar to the freedom and direct democracy movement. The Spolu can only form a government if they remain united and supported by the Pirates and the Mayor's Party. The result of the Pirates was a major disappointment compared to the pause of early 2021. Why did they underperform? Again, this is partly about mathematics and psychology. Talking about mathematics, it is very clear. Czech Republic is divided into 14 electoral districts, especially in those districts where the population density is 
is lower and where we compete for 10 or even less mandates, it is very difficult for the alliance of two or even three parties to equally distribute the votes and equally distribute the seats. To have more than two seats means that you need more than 20 persons in such districts. And it didn't happen regarding this alliance. Especially in the last three months, the campaign was strongly personalized by Mr. Babish and also by Mr. Bartosz as leader of the Pirate Party as the competition of two uh, strong leaders that compete for the future Prime Minister office. In such personalized clash, Mr. Bartosz as leader of the Pirate Party didn't succeed to present the party as a center-left uh, party, as a party with programmatics that would be acceptable also by uh, the supporters of independence and mayor as a friend within the alliance, but even more also by the second cooperating alliance of these three liberal conservative parties. So Mr. Babish presented the Pirate Party as ultra-liberal, leftist, progressivist, dangerous, too pro-European, big friends of Green Deal issue, and so on. And I would say that he succeeded not only regarding his voters, but also regarding the voters of this alliance. And they just decided to support with their preference vote the representative of, of Stan as, I would say, more moderated, as more centrist, as more experienced also. By the way, the, the media in Czech Republic, the first comments and analysis stressed that it was also the generation issue. So it was the win of the older conservative generation over the new or the youngest progressivist generation that was uh, evidence uh, regarding the Pirate Party. Anu, on the other hand, uh, made a strong finish in the campaign and remained the single largest party in the House of Representatives. Prime Minister Babish is still supported by President Zeman, but lost his political coalition potential. Uh, if the Conservatives and the Liberal Electoral Alliances insist on their collaboration, Babish has no chance to keep his post as a Prime Minister. Will he fight back or rather withdraw from politics? What future do you expect for him? It's very difficult because in the last six days we got a completely different stories from Mr. Babish. At one side, five, six days ago, he mentioned that should he be sent in the opposition he leaves the politics. One day after the elections, he stressed that he will stay in politics should it be the opposition role. So we don't know yet. And it is very typical for Mr. Babish. I would say that he will follow the public opinion surveys as he did also in the last years. I would say that there are many scenarios. First scenario he hoped on is to diminish the cooperation of these five political parties within two alliances, which means to find the inter-party factions that would be prone to cooperate with him, uh, especially within the Civic Democratic Party. He stressed the possibility to cooperate with the party without Peter Fiala, by the way. Uh, so remove him from the office or from the position. In my opinion, it is impossible yet because Peter Fiala won the elections, that not only within the alliance, but also within the party. This made him much stronger than before. Secondly, he might to talk with the uh, independent and mayors. By the way, the club, these are 33 persons, so uh, it would be enough for, for the majority coalition. At the moment, it seems that the... I would say cooperation between these two, two anti-Babish alliances is strong. But, but, but we will see what will happen in a few weeks or a few months. So there are also other plans of Mr. Babish. One of these would be the presidential candidacy. I could easily imagine that he will, he will focus or and, and orient himself on this presidential office campaign. By the way, we expect this campaign within approximately one year. 
the elections showed that his voters create a strong electoral body. So I would say that the second round would be almost sure. And of course, in the second round, everything might happen because the politics, uh, the politics in Czech Republic is not oriented only uh, left against the right, but also axiologically. And in, in that way, I could imagine Andrei Babiš as a strong candidate for the presidency. What other coalition patterns can you imagine? You refer to other alternatives uh, apart from the collaboration of the two electoral alliances. What other patterns can actually achieve a sufficient majority in the House? What is common for these five political parties yet is that they are not prepared to cooperate in any way with Tomio Okamura and his political movement. That's clear. So the question is, if some of these parties would be prepared to cooperate with Anno, I could imagine cooperation without Andrei Babish. The prime minister office might be offered to somebody uh, from the minor coalition partner, should it be the Civic Democratic Party or should it be the mayors and independent movement, or there might be also other candidate for prime minister from the ANO movement. And I would say there is also uh, one option, and this is to create a government without pilot part. Talking uh, about the theory of coalitions, the minimal winning coalition would be would be the coalition where you do not need this for uh, mandates for the pirate party. At the moment, it doesn't seem that this will be the issue. Firstly, the alliance partner strongly stresses the necessity to have pirate party within the government. I would say that, that they feel that pirates became a victim of this alliance regarding the number of, of seats and this preference votes for the mayors. Secondly, also the group called Together Spolu at the moment stresses the necessity to include all five parties into the government, clearly make the distance and the line between the government parties and the opposition that is presented as non-democratic or challenging the democracy. Anno's former supporters, two parties on the left, the historical Social Democratic Party, former ruling they, and the mid-sized party, the communist, abbreviated KSCM, Uh, could not gain uh, any seats in Parliament because they did not pass the threshold. Why did they fail and what is their potential to come back in the future? In some ways, the Social Democrats and the Communist Party of Bohemia and Moravia shared the, the same fate regarding the development of electorate. In some ways, the situation is a little bit different. What they share is a cooperation with Andrei Babiš uh, regarding the government after 2017. The Social Democrats being the real members of the government with some visible politicians as a Minister of Interior, Minister of External Affairs, etc. The Communists as the supporters of the government. So they made the agreement only with with ANO, not with the whole coalition. And then we could observe differences. Talking about the Communist Party, since 1990s, uh, in the Czech political science, we discussed the main issue, and this is the very old electorate of the Communist Party. It was definitely, and it is still, the nostalgic party that somehow uh, promotes positively the development before 1989, stressing that there were many positive sides and some small mistakes. And if we observe the average age of the voter, but also average age of the party members, many, many years ago, uh, it, it jumped over 70. This is also the biological factor that influences the result. Secondly, I would say that uh, also regarding the Communist Party, this was the typical protest party, not taking part in, in any government uh, since 1990 and stressing the specific role of the party as the only representative of poor people, normal people. Now they participated on the existence of the government led by billionaire, by the way, te very technocratic party. Thirdly, they also suffered from very weak leadership. The party chairman, uh, Philip 
became almost invisible in the last weeks. Also, the discussion within the party immediately after elections stresses the weaknesses, weak performance of the lead. Talking about social democrats, I have to stress that they cooperated with Mr. Babish in the last eight, eight years. In 2013-2017 period, they led the government. So in the elections, they won against Mr. Babish, but with only a difference of two seats in the parliament, so 50 against 48. There was also a big discussion within the party if they should join the government after 2017. At the end, I have to stress that the party leadership, especially the Minister of Interior and Deputy Chairman of the government, or Deputy Deputy Vice Prime Minister, uh, Mr. Hamacek, uh, decided for only one card game. And this was the cooperation with Andrei Babish. So uh, during the whole campaign, the party stressed the danger of uh, right-wing parties, right-wing government, and stressed that what was done within, within the Babish government and what was good were the activities of the Social Democratic Party. So they are only the only safeguards of the positive left-oriented development of the Czech economy, Czech social and healthcare system, etc., etc. So this one-card game failed. Yet I could definitely imagine, and we 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 evade the numbers, of course, uh, how many previous voters of the Social Democratic Party voted directly for Ano because there didn't exist any visible difference between these two members of the government talking about policies and programmatics. But this is not something that would be pretty new. If you look on the development of electoral results of Communist Party, it was sinking and sinking and sinking, and each. Uh, of at least three last elections we discussed, are they going to reach at least five percent and enter? Now they didn't. Talking about social democrats, the story is much more complicated. Uh, it was the party with potential of 35 percent. Now they have less than five. But I have to stress that in the last elections, they also reached uh, less than seven percent of votes. So the party was sinking with the popularity. And uh, I would say especially the movement Anno 2011 was collecting the former voters of this party. Traditionally, left and right representing um, economic values in the electorate were more or less balanced in Czech politics. Can we now conclude that there has been a shift from the left towards the right, or do you see it as a temporary phenomenon? No later than since uh, 1996, uh, we could observe this left-right cleavage as the most important, or the socio-economic cleavage. Uh, to be more general. Of course, there are many, many uh, known unknowns uh, to use Ramsfeldian rhetorics. What politics does represent the, the movement Anno 2011? In the last years, uh, the politics was clearly leftist. The issues like growing uh, minimum wage, growing pensions, strengthening the social network. On the other side, if we go into the details and if we go in, into the intra-party politics, Uh, repeatedly, we could observe unsatisfaction of visible faces within the Anno 2011 movement. We, at the very beginning, were a right-center or center-right political movement. Now we move towards uh, left, and it is a mistake. Of course, if we observe the current situation in the Chamber of Representatives after the elections, the coalition that is formed now as a coalition that has to be the government coalition, declares itself as a right-wing coalition and automatically pushes the Anno 2011 into the role of the strongest left-oriented political movement. It will be also the question for Mr. Babish, which type of party he would like to develop. Leftist, centrist, populist, a la carte? Nobody knows. As regards the second uh, challenger party for the uh, upcoming government, and this is the Tomios Okamura uh, Freedom and Direct Democracy. Just before this discussion or, or interview, I went through the media reports 
and he gave a speech today saying that now we are the main political party or also for left-wing voters. But he will try to present his political movement as the actor that is non-ideological, that protects the correct values. I would say that his party was created as a very typical radical right party, including also strong social chauvinist approach. And last but not least, we have three left-oriented parties, social democrats, communists and pirates. Of course, within all three parties, we already observe the important discussion. From the Communist Party and also from part of the Social Democratic Party, we listen to the uh, talks about the necessity to cooperate, maybe to, to establish only one left-oriented political party that includes both Social Democrats, Communists, and maybe also other parties. As regards the Pirate Party, very important and very challenging issue for the next period. What is the programmatics? And how far this programmatics might be labeled as left-oriented or right-oriented? Or is it non-ideological, as it was presented before the election? Support for Tomio Okamura and his party, the Freedom and Direct Democratic Party, seems to be rather stable. What keeps Okamura in this position and what role can he play in the next parliamentary term? Czech society is very unique compared with other V4 societies uh, in one issue, and this is that our radical politics is usually built up on left-oriented ideologies. So we do not have strong national conservative camp within our societies. I would say that what is very typical for the Czech nationalist or radical nationalist movement is this national socialist ideology. At one side, stressing the closed society issues, anti-globalism or counter-globalism as an ideology, talking about food autarky, and these issues. And on the other side, socialism. It is not built up on some specific, I would say, religious background or ultra-conservative background. What is unique for Okamura is the issue that he started to talk about these Christian values, uh, these so-called traditional European values. Nevertheless, I would say that this is very political rhetorics and the electorate is not as oriented as these rhetorics would say. Uh, the Austrian political scientist Christian Weidinger perfectly depicted this as, as belongers, not believers group. Okamura stabilized this position, not having communist and social democrats and maybe also Volny bloc represented by only two members in the parliament until these elections. Okamura will play the role of the People's Tribune. So the Vox Populi will stress the necessity of direct democracy because only the direct democracy brings the popular will into the reality. He is good in the rhetoric. He is able to collect even more uh, votes in the next election. And what can we expect from the new government? Let's suppose that Spolu can come to an agreement with Stan, either with the pirates or without them. What would you expect in terms of its political stability and in its policies, especially vis-a-vis the European Union, given the fact that the Czech population is the most skeptical about the future of the EU. And what about the V4 cooperation? Can the new government actually disrupt the past couple of years? How do you see it? This might be uh, labeled with one term, and this is debabishization. So uh, to remove the habits, the people that are related with these habits that are understood as state capture policies and state capture strategy. The first priority will be the stabilization of public budgets, restrictive financial policies, searching for savings in the state budget regarding also the budgets of self-administrative units and, and so on. 
And also, I would say, proper use of money. Should it be donation from the European Union? Should it be the tax money, etc.? Second very important issue will be the efficient state. I expect that the approximately 40,000 uh, new working places in the state administration created by the Babish government will be cut continually. The, the stress on the efficiency will be will be one of the key issues. This is also related with another one, and this is digitalization. So I would say e-governance. And this is also something that is uh, already discussed regarding the pirate party, that uh, the, the participation of the pirate party within the government uh, should be related, especially with the issue of digitalization. Last but not least, I would say stabilization of the constitutional framework. The clear debate about the role of the president, the clear debate about the role of the parliament as a controlling body over the government, and also the clear role of the government as a body that cooperates with other authorities, the highest control office, for example, etc., etc., the effort for a new political climate, a new uh, social contract within the Czech society. As regards the European level, already the first comments that came from Brussels, that came from Politico and, and these media welcomed the results. I could uh, present such uh, subtitles in, in, in media such as the end of populism in Czech Republic, the end of post-communism in Czech Republic. So very optimistic view of the electoral results. What I really expect is that the new Czech prime minister, probably Petr Fiala, but of course everything might happen, will be accepted at the European level much better than Andrei Babish. Especially in the last two years, we could really observe cordon sanitaire vis-a-vis uh, -vis Andrei Babish as a person that was misusing the European funds, the person with a horrible clash of interest. I would say that Czech Republic will try to search for much stronger position at the European level, which means a search for the partners that create together a majority. So to, to abandon the, let me use the term, the pariah position within the European Union that was devoted to Visegrad for in the last years. Talking specifically about the Visegrad 4, I will firstly stress the first reaction of Slovak media. Finally, we could observe in Czech Republic somebody that is going to fight with us against Mr. Orban and Mr. Kaczynski. Another image of Visegrad 4 might be maybe developed. I don't believe in that. The voices in Czech Republic are a little bit different. We should abandon Visegrad 4 or we should at least use the Visegrad for only as a la carte cooperation, not uh, continue in the policy that presents the Visegrad for as a leader-driven format led by Mr. Orban, where the main policies are related with Mr. Orban's uh, opinions that is really problematic regarding the communication with the European institutions. Uh, the new Czech government will stress the usefulness of Visegrad for, but only in the issues that are useful for us. So paradoxically, we will more uh, follow our national interest within Visegrad 4. That will go sometimes against the interest of other partners within the Visegrad 4. In a way, this is only a return to the 2 plus 2 formula, so it's not nearly new. But it also suggests that uh, the cheering by Politico and other Western media platforms is not so accidental. It means that the confrontational politics protecting the national interests as envisaged by the government of Czech Republic can come to an end. A more accommodating political style will emerge, which also means that the Czech government is probably one of the Visegrad four being much more loyal to the mainstream European forces. Do you agree with this approach? This will be one of the challenging issues for the government. As far as I know, Petr Fiala, as far as I know, the Civic Democratic Party, they will oppose to such development. They are not uh, supporting the federalization on, or transnationalization of European Union. 
There are many doubts about the Lisbon agreement between the party, and repeatedly we could observe its notion stressing the national interest. On the other side, the two coalition partners within the alliance, Polo together, are members of European People's Party and prone to federalization. This might be one of the challenges. Not only the Prime Minister, but also the Minister of Foreign Affairs will play a very important role in uh, creating some position vis-à-vis European Union. By the way, the first talks about the composition of the new government are stressing also the probability that the new portfolio will be uh, created. This will be the full portfolio for the European politics. We, we miss we miss for many, many years within the Czech government. And of course, also the intergovernmental debate about sharing the competencies. Who is responsible for the for the foreign policy? Who is responsible for the European policy? Despite the issue, it is understood as a foreign or a domestic policy. By the way, this is not clear within the Czech public, public debate if we understand the European policy as domestic or foreign. So I could imagine that exactly here we could expect some conflicts within the coalition and within the government too. Mr. Vice-Rector, Dr. Chabada, thank you very much for the interview. We have gained a better and deeper understanding of Czech party politics. It was my pleasure. Thank you.